Fitness Pro Mentor community, welcome to the Minds on Muscle show. Glenn and I are a part of Fitness Pro Mentors Productions, and uh, we are here to help personal trainers like you 2 to 3x their personal income. Honestly, uh, it's fun because I got a message from one of our students saying, you know what, you guys are not as big as some of these other people, but the information you are offering is so much more valuable, and that's super exciting to hear. But today, we're going to talk about how to market personal training services better by reverse engineering some of the most common mistakes that some of our students make. And once they clean these up, how things just blow up. But first, my wonderful co-host, Trisha Takanawa. Sorry, Glenn Owen. How you doing, sir? Trisha, Family Guy reference, correct? Family Guy. That's right. And you be Pert Hadley from Community, uh, not Community, Parks and Rec. Uh, I'm doing well. I had a nice relaxing weekend. We just had a three-day weekend here. And it was the first time where I didn't do really much work on the weekend and felt really, really good. I usually don't do a ton of work on the weekend. I compartmentalize pretty well. But I said this weekend, I'm going to be totally hands off and actually be part of my pick of, week, pick of the week later. But really excited to talk about this one today because anytime I think we can talk about big common mistakes and things that we see with our people, it's almost certain that people have not been through the program are almost absolutely certainly doing them. So I think it's going to be really big for a lot of people who uh, who want to grow their one-to-one personal training business. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I already know how to market myself well, but you are not as busy as you want to be, you're not making the amount of money, and you ever look at your bank account and you get stressed out thinking about money, please hang in there because I will tell you that we have a bunch of people who consider themselves successful and once we make these changes, they see some huge blowing up happen. It's just really incredible. The first thing that we're going to talk about is one that I've seen way too many times, and it's identifying pains early in a conversation. We recently did an episode that if you don't have a pain, there can be no pitch. But truth, at all levels of engagement, if you are a brand new personal trainer talking to a prospective cold level customer or even a hot level customer before or you're doing a presentation, an event, whatever it is that you're doing, you need to understand why the people are in front of you. If there is no pain, there is no reason to be continuing the conversation. So when we under identify the pain that the individual is struggling with, it makes it so much easier to customize the delivery of our product. Truth is, all of us are just using exercise to help people feel better and get incredible results. But we have to be able to customize how we explain exercise and how that exercise will help that individual with their particular needs. And to clarify, when I say pains, I don't mean necessarily physical pains, pains of all sort. What is the driver that has had them even consider having a conversation with you to potentially resolve their problem? You're a problem solver with exercise. But one of the things that we accidentally do is we hear someone, they're talking to us, and we go, excellent, a pr prospect, and we start inundating our ideas of what their pains may be. So, Glenn, I'm so excited to be talking to you. Are, are you concerned about your back pain inhibiting your ability to be a good father in the future? Oh, my. Uh, um. That sounds weird, right? Here's the thing, is if I paint an idea into Glenn's picture, it can be extremely confusing and throw him off. But if Glenn identifies to me, hey, man, so, I mean, if you don't want me asking, like, what are you hoping I could even help you with if you're talking? Oh, I'd really like to have, like, my back pain to go away. Back pain to go away. Yeah, totally get that. I mean, if your back pain were to go away, how would that affect your day-to-day? -day? Things would be a lot easier. I think I'd be able to play with my children a lot more, and that's something I really miss doing is playing with them. Are you at a place right now where you can't play with them because of the back? Yeah, and it's really, really frustrating. 
So you could see here that even that little bit of engagement where I'm asking about his pains, if I were doing a public presentation, I could customize an entire part all around that. If we're in a one-on-one -on -one conversation, we could keep going that way. If I were creating a lead magnet or other, some other piece of content that I were trying to help resolve his issues, I now have some more information so I can customize something for him. And truth is, lead magnets, if I identify that he's a pain and I don't even have a lead magnet on back pain, I would definitely tell you to say, hey, listen, I got something. I got actually a lead magnet. I've been, I got a piece of content that I've been working on that I'd love to help you with. If you're interested, when I get back to the office, I can send you it. It's three steps to resolve back pain with exercise. Are you interested? Yes, and don't tell the people that they're lead magnets. They don't need to know that. Content. But, but truth is, as you just saw, I identified he had a pain. I don't have a piece of content ready, but I tell him I've got one, and I go back and I make one right away. Because if I understand what he's dealing with, I can make something to help solve his problem a little bit and then also increase the likelihood of becoming a client. So identify pains early in the conversation. You know, and that's also very, very useful because if you get really good at identifying pains early in a conversation, let's say you sit down with your next 10 to 20 prospects and you're sitting them and you're able to identify those pains, those conversations, frustrated back pain that stops me from playing with my kids, upset that I've got knee pain that's stopping me from running and doing marathons that I love to do, but you start getting the emotional pain tied to the physical thing, what you then start to be able to do with that is start changing the way you do all your marketing content to start speaking to those pains and discomforts. Because people aren't coming to see you necessarily because they have a physical pain. It's a part of the problem. We've said this before and I'll say it again because it's so important. They're coming to see you because that physical pain is causing some kind of emotional pain that's causing them to not feel good way more often than they want. And that's having a real negative effect on their life. We take the same concept here and take a look at it and apply it to another problem that we see a lot of students have, which is when they talk about their marketing, whether it's on their website, their social media, they're speaking with prospects, whatever that might be, they end up making the conversation about them and what they do. I'm a person who helps people do exercise so they have less pain, discomfort. I have this certification. I have that. I've got this square footage in my facility. We've got all this different stuff. Me, 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 me. Prospects, clients, they don't care about you. They don't. They're there for what's in it for me. I, I say this quite often to my students. The only radio station that people are tuned into is WII-FM, uh, uh, which is what's in it for me, FM. That's all people are really concerned about. We are giving creatures, but we're also very selfish when it comes to our own different needs. And so if you can really identify the emotional pains that are to physical pains that people are consistently coming to see you with, you can then start manipulating your marketing on social media, your website copy, whatever it is that you're doing presentations to reflect how you help solve people's pains and how you make them feel emotionally afterwards. This is a huge uh, analogy and I, I state, I'm stealing this from Brandon, but a lot of people when they uh, are marketing on their websites, their websites sound a lot like, um, uh, like uh, car websites where they're talking about their product in the car and what the details and the features of a car are. If you go to, let's say, like a, a terrible car website and they say, we've got a Mazda 3, 600 horsepower, a V8 engine, these tires, you know, if you're the average person like myself, I'm like, I don't care. What does this mean? You know, what, what is this going to do for me? The really good car websites say, you know, this car is durable so that if you get an accident, you're not going to get hurt. It's going to take absor and absorb all the force for you. So you're going to drive safely, carefree every time you've got your family in the car. All of a sudden, if I'm a family man, this is the kind of car that I want. Comparatively, most fitness trainers, when you look at their websites, they say, I'm certified with XYZ thing. 
I've got a square footage gym that looks like this and it's about me, me, me. One of the things that I learned from Brandon and it's amazing to see it on the Strata website is when we talk about what we do for people, we don't mention our square footage. There's barely any mention of the kind of certifications that we have. It's all about, here's a client's story. Here's what they were struggling with. Here's what it was costing them both emotionally and physically. And here's how they feel now. We tell that story. And we've got, I don't know, like 10 different stories or 10 different versions of that on our website. So when clients come to see the Strata website, they just see all the different ways that we've helped people who are just like them. And that gets their buy-in up through the roof. It's a huge conversion tool. So I've said a lot of different stuff here. It's a little long-winded, but the key take home is that when you're gonna go do your marketing, whether you're doing a presentation or it's gonna be your website or your social media, your Google business page, all that kind of stuff, you gotta be talking about the features and the benefits of what it is you do, but what you really gotta focus on is this last piece, what it means. What does it mean for them? We help design custom exercise for people so you get exactly what you mean need which means that you get out of pain and discomfort faster and feel more confident so you can go play with your kids this summer and have a great time. That's what people want. Manipulate it and massage it any kind of way for the kind of people that you work with. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I was just thinking when you were saying all that, all that's extremely true. I mean, we've talked about that so much in the mentorship, but I mean, I think you, people need to hear it. I think in personal training land, so many of us are come from this place of insecurity where there's this raging level of insecurity about your own body, uh, your own profession, right? Being a successful personal trainer is tough. And when you have any accolades that come up that you're excited about, you want to share them to show people, look, I've made it. I'll give you an example for me right now that I don't, I haven't publicly announced. I will be announcing, but I'll explain why I don't really care to for business sense. In May, I'm going to speak in Portugal uh, for this fitness pro mentor stuff. Very cool. Very excited. One of the biggest achievements uh, that I'll ever do. I will not promote it gratuitously on the Strata business page for any reason other to say, hey, look, we're doing some cool stuff because I will not get any clients because I'm doing a presentation in Europe. It literally doesn't mean anything to any potential client. They go, oh, cool. But it doesn't mean anything to them. That's like you going to a car dealership looking at wanting to buy a $100,000 truck and you check out their social media and you see the general manager is in Dubai doing something cool with cars. It doesn't matter. Like you're like, oh, cool, right? But it doesn't do anything to you actually purchasing the vehicle. It doesn't mean anything. So all the micro accolades of, hey, look at the success I had speaking at Nature's Emporium. Hey, look, uh, I, got, I, got in shed, I got in shape. This is great, right? No one car dealership owner showing off his car right? <laughs> you know, you can kind of see where I'm going with this is that any lateral business, any move maneuver like this would just be ridiculous because no one would care. What does matter and it kind of leads into what's well, this point is that are you promoting a personal brand and a success story of your own personal self or are you promoting something that's bigger than yourself and you're trying to speak to people, a people brand because a personal brand, which is a little bit, little bit more Brandon, I can promote the Portugal stuff and be like, Hey, look, I'm doing cool stuff and it raises my personal status in a microcosm. But what's funny is all that stuff does not help me get clients. All it does is my current clients see it and they go, oh, that's pretty cool. And it's the same thing with Glenn doing events around town at Dr. Warren. No one sees Glenn is doing an event and goes, oh, I'm going to go work with that guy. Right? They see him at the event or their current client, they go, oh, he's a public speaker. That's pretty cool. What does help garner more respect from people is when, say we do do a presentation or something like that. 
the people end up respecting us more when we do those presentations. Expert status. When yeah. when they hear us and they talk and they hear us talk about things, and they feel smarter or more knowledgeable because we were able to explain to them in such a way that they couldn't get it before, but now they get it, and they feel better about it because now they feel like there's less confusion, less mystification around. Why does my back hurt? Or how does this post-activation potentiation thing work, right? In, in the case yeah. of Brandon going to Portugal. And then it's nothing to do with us talking about how amazing we are. It's more about our ability to communicate at a high level, a complex, com uh, complex idea, but in a nuanced way in layman's terms, so that whether somebody's 15 years old, they could get it, or 85 years old and still get it. And that's gonna be one of the big things that garners that respect that makes people wanna come see you is not that what you got, right, and this magic thing, but how you made them feel and the story you told that resonated them so much that they're like, I know, like, and trust this person. I gotta go see them for X, Y, Z thing in my body. No, it drives me more nuts than when I check out a personal trainer's website. And maybe the personal trainer has done some cool events. Maybe they're even educated for trainers. And, and, and the, the first picture is them standing on a stage, right? And they're like holding a microphone. And it's like, that's cool. But doesn't tell any client anything. It just looks like that you're a little bit more credible. Anyway, we got two more points. And Glenn, I'm going to steal the point that you said on the bottom one here. Yeah, and then sure, you can do the next one. I'm going to uh, do the puppy one. Okay, sure. Yes. I'll tell you why. Because I just get fired up about this That's one. That's fine. I get it. I, I will tell you that this one I've talked about before. Glenn brought it up, but I'm stealing it because I, I talk about it with every single trainer that works in this gym and with every trainer that I, we work through with FPM. And it's, you got to be careful of choking the placeholder puppy. <laughs> and what I mean by that is you have to set up strategic check-in points with every single client. You either are going to have closed sales cycles or open-ended sales cycles, right? A closed sales cycle, a sales cycle where they buy a number of sessions and there's a definitive endpoint, and then there's a conversation of now we need to do another sale to keep this thing going versus an open-ended sales cycle, which is what we operate with, which is there is no definitive endpoint necessarily. However, if you have an open-ended sales cycle and you have micro check-ins where you can reestablish the relationship, check in, go over professional expectations and boundaries and go over relevant new education, then you can make sure people stay with you longer. I've seen Glenn do an incredible job with this. It is a, definitely a skill learning how to work with someone, check in, make sure that you're not accidentally putting your foot in your mouth and keeping people with you longer and longer while they still see the value. But if you choke the placeholder puppy, right, this means you put them in your schedule, you go, great. I got a three times a week client. I am good for life. And you have no expectations of checking in with them. If you do that, they will eventually leave. You do have a microcosm of people that are routine-oriented people and will fall in love with you and they will stay with you. That's great. But you can't have an entire business based off that because over time, it is destined to fail. You need to check in. You need to perform some sales in a strategic sense. You cannot choke the placeholder puppy. I stole it. And, and, you know, it, here's the thing about the placeholder puppy um, situation. And like you, you know, you had a really great personal anecdote when we were talking about the um, uh, the, the personal branding stuff there and your story and the insecurity thing. Coming back down back to insecurities again. It, the <laughs> the most foul stench in terms of insecurity is when people choke the placeholder puppy. Your clients and you, it's the most palpable feeling that you'll have inside of a session. When they say, hey, I'm feeling good right now and I think that 
we should stop, we have less frequency, and you get this place where you're like, I don't have enough money, or I'm worried about never seeing this person again. Oh, oh no, they're leaving me, and what do you do? Well, we have to really keep working twice a week, and you're gonna fall off the bandwagon, and, and that nervousness and that insecurity, the client can feel it, you can feel it, it makes things really awkward, and if anything, it pushes them farther away. Right? The appropriate response being at any point in time if someone says, hey, I'm doing really great right now, I think that we need to slow down or change our frequency or whatever, I just double down that I say, great. I'm super happy that you're feeling that you can take more of this on yourself. Let's change our frequency. What do you think would work well for you as a touch base? And we come up with some kind of fre frequency. I say, okay, great. We're gonna go from seeing each other twice a week. We're gonna go to once a month. That's absolutely fantastic. Here's what I wanna do. I wanna keep working on this thing with you. Let's set up this and see how it goes for the next little bit and keep reevaluating and keep having this conversation together. If things don't feel like they're going the way you want anymore, I'm always open to changing the frequency again. Let's just make sure that we keep working on this so that you feel really good about your body. The last thing I want to see is you stop working out because we're seeing each other less and you start regressing. And then all of a sudden that back pain comes back and you feel so comfortable playing with your kids anymore. I want to make sure you get the most out of this and as long as you feel great, I'm happy to do whatever frequency works. Is that okay with you? And that way you set yourself up for what that relationship's gonna look like going forward and are still leaving the door open to changing frequencies again if they wanna come back sooner than later. Because is there a chance that they're gonna fall off and not do as well afterwards? Sure, but you're still making it an opportunity where you can still check in and change that and keep moving that relationship forward. Because if you try to pull in tighter, they're gonna push away more. But if you try to push them away, they're just gonna to wanna to come closer and grab you back in again. Does that make sense, Brandon? Yeah, nailed it, man. Okay. I'll tell you what, you got one more here. Won't, we want you to just jump in off that of this one, one right here. there. Okay. So I think this is huge, and I think this is especially good for, especially important for the people that have those big picture, those big picture thinkers, where they can see all the different things they could want to do to grow their business, and what they end up doing is they try to do everything all at once. Idea monster. Yeah, and they end up wearing themselves thin. And this is problematic because you can only grow so many new skills at one time. And all this comes down to the idea of uh, the law of maintenance, the law of growth, and the law of atrophy. And these things, uh, it states these different things. The law of atrophy is that everything's always deteriorating all the time. The law of maintenance is that you need to apply a certain level of maintenance on all different things in your life in order to make sure they don't deteriorate. Law of growth is that if you want to grow something like a skill set or a business or anything, you have to spend an exponential amount of time on that to learn those skills, to put the energy into it, to put the resources into it so that it gets bigger and better. And the problem is, is that if you try to do everything all at once, you just don't have the energy or the resources to do that. And eventually those things that are start to atrophy, they start deteriorating so much that they break down as you try to pursue these new things. So like a really easy example is a house. You know, if you want to build a house there's from, from nothing, you've got to spend an exponential amount of time and resources building that house. And then once it's built, it is gonna break down. Every month you gotta spend a couple hours, right? Get the fireplace guy in to manage the fireplace or recock the bathroom or shovel the snow, whatever that is, because otherwise that snow builds up too much. All of a sudden you've got water or snow damage when it all melts, something like that. Business is the same way, where you've gotta go through different seasons or different phases of trying to grow your business. If you're in a place right now where your business is really good, you get your 25 to 30 hours per week. You don't totally stop marketing, but you do have to put in maintenance mode. And then you start working on growing that big summit that you've been wanting to. Maybe you've got a big open house that you want to do. You want to be seen by more people. 
you want to get your name out there to more different businesses. So what do you do? You have that open house and you spend that month and a half planning that open house and executing on it while putting your other marketing stuff in maintenance mode. A couple of social media posts a week, whatever that looks like for you. But the last thing that you want to do when your business is in a good spot is what? Stop working on marketing. Because all of a sudden, someone gets sick, they can't come in for a month. Someone else is a family member passed away, they can't come in for a month. People go on vacation, like I had five hours of my people go on vacation for a month. What happens now? All of a sudden, you're from 25 hours down to 15, and what do you do? You panic. We don't want to see you panic. So don't try to do everything at one time. The best thing that you can do, and this is why we're really big on key performance indicators, right? We really want you to look at your metrics every week and every month and know where the health of your business is. And if you know where the health of your business is in terms of the amount of leads coming in, um, how many of those leads are becoming, uh, um, are coming in for uh, assessments, how many of those assessments and consultations are leading to new paid clients, how many hours you're doing. Once you have all that information, you can reverse engineer and say, okay, what do I have to do right now to keep my business growing? What's going to be the next logical step? Because if you're not tracking these things in your business, you don't know the relative health. And if you don't know the relative health, you don't really know what you ought to be doing next. And so this is really where it comes down to this whole idea of don't try to do everything at one time. Measure the performance of your business week over week. And then from there, you can decide we're going to be the one or two tasks I really need to be focusing on to grow my business. And now we're to put everything else in maintenance mode in order to make sure that things don't, don't drop off. Yeah, you know, there's so many different great, great analogies for this super fast. Um, you know, I mean, if you're picking any skill or anything that you want to get good at, anything, you, you're way better off to focus on like one or two, th like three great things to become excellent at than dilutes your energy over way too many things. And this is what successful people do. People who are, are attacked by the idea monsters, it's so easy to do a million different things. But you have to channel in and focus and hyper-focus. Anyone that knows me, has been listening to this, knows I play drums. I'm a passionate nerd about challenging the crap out of myself on the instrument. But I'll tell you, if you go, hey, uh, Glenn, I want you to learn how to become an expert painter by the end of next month, right? Like, where the heck do you even start? There's different types of paints, there's different types of paper, there's different brushes, different types of art. You can really do anything. But if you said, if I said to anybody listening to this, hey, I want you to become an amazing painter in three months, let's give it more realistic time, right? You're better off to choose one type of painting style one type of paint, one type of canvas, and just master the crap out of it versus try and do all of them because it will get too diluted. And this is the same thing with your business is you have to pick one or two or three things. I'm going to make the most, and I would say set goals that are outside of your comfort zone. I'm going to make the most badass website for my business that's going to help me get more clients. You start working on it. Wait, I don't have this skill. I just realized that I can't actually make the visuals that I want of my client. The images don't replicate what I want people to see. How do I make better visuals for my business? Now you're getting into photography. How do we get there? Because of the necessary evil from the website or whatever thing that you're trying to do. So anyway, I love it. That was a super great point, but you got to challenge yourself. Yeah, and I think the last thing I'd say on that when it comes to like learning new skills, believe it or not, a lot of times people think, oh, I got to learn this new skill. It's going to take me months. It's more of a time thing. And I get that a lot of people have families and they're really, really busy, they have other commitments, don't get me wrong. But if you can find 20 hours in a month or over six weeks to focus on like one skill and get really good at it, you're going to be in a pretty good spot for that skill. And it won't require much more time after that to continue using it for your business. 
If, for example, you want to get better at video editing because you want to do testimonials, you can spend an hour every day, right, five days a week, getting better and doing that over a month or, you know, bust it out, like spend four or five hours on a Saturday, four or five Saturdays in a row if that, if that time allows you and just research it, study it, play around, practice it, try to do some stuff and you'll get better at it. And it really doesn't take really much more than 20 hours of focus work to get decent enough at a skill where you can use that moving forward and it's kind of solidified into your nervous system in your brain such that it's really efficacious. And I would, I, I don't want to challenge you, but I would say even as low as eight hours. Like I mean, honestly, if you do 20, 20 minutes every day and you skip Sunday, <laughs> right? That's still a thousand percent better than nothing. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, like the, the whole point of the conversation is if you want to build a new skill, you focus on it. And like a great example, I'll just call him like D, one of the, the newest FPM people. He's been getting much better at his, at his Instagram reels because he's been focusing on it a little bit every day. And his communication, his messaging is getting much better. We're, we, we're working with him in order to get his Instagram better in terms of like showcasing client success and whatnot, having him practice that education portion of it during his, um, during his sessions with clients. And so the, well, just really simple like adjunct skills, like, hey, when you're educating a client, that education, we share features, benefits, and means, it's exactly the same as it would when you do an Instagram meal as social proof. So if you're doing a back extension exercise with a client, use that features, benefits, and means model to explain how uh, amazing it's gonna be. Hey, right now we're gonna do a back extension exercise, right, feature. The reason this back extension exercise is so good is it's gonna support your back and get it stronger so you have more resilience, you're gonna feel more stable. That's the, um, the benefit. And what that means, right, is that you are going to be able to play with your kids longer because you have more endurance in your back, so that pain's gonna set in a lot, a lot, in a lot longer of a period which means that you'll be able to play with your kids longer, just have a lot more fun and make a lot more memories, right? Feature benefits means back extension exercise, more endurance means you can play longer and have more confidence and make memories with your kids and have more fun. And if you can take that same concept now and apply that from that education to just recording that over a video of your client exercising when they, uh, as a part of your Instagram meal, you're there, which is fantastic. And then just a matter of getting that videography piece down. Listen, everybody, I hope this was helpful. I mean, truthfully, if you want help with any of these things, Glenn or I or Taylor, for free, through like just chat message, we'll be happy to offer some feedback to some suggestions for your business. And truth is, we work with people just like you every day who are just on the edge of reaching those first $100,000 years or even hiring their first trainer. And so I'm really excited to share that with you. I know Glenn is too, and so is Taylor. Uh, but before we continue, Glenn, what's your pick of the week? Yes, I appreciate it. So my, my pick of this week is going to be a focused blocks. Um, and positive constraints. Now, we've talked about this before. It was on a very much earlier on version of the podcast. I want to say almost a year and a half, two years. But sometimes you relearn these, uh, these ideas and they come back to you, especially when you need them the most. And so one of the things that I did for myself this weekend was outside of like my scheduled work hours, I just said, I'm not worrying about work right now. And I'm one of those people where I can very easily open my, my email and see I got an email from someone for work and then dive in and start doing work and then kind of blur my relaxation recharge time with my work time. Now, it's important, I think, for everyone to distinguish these different barriers in their time in their work and their uh, life where they're focusing on certain things and they focus on that and they're dedicated to it. And then other times where they're focused and dedicated to something else. So if you know that you've got a family at home and it's a young family and you just had a kid, when you get home at six o'clock, maybe it looks like five nights a week, 
You know that from six o'clock onwards, you're not checking your email. You're not going to do work. You're just going to work on being present for your family and recharging. And that's what you're going to do. And then you know when you get to you know, 8 a.m. the next day, you're in work mode for the next 10 hours or so. But having these dedicated blocks allow you to focus on these things that you need to to move them forward in your life. Well, I think what a lot of us do is we live in this world, at least I'll speak for myself, where I get a message, for example, for some from FPM at 9 p.m. at night, and when I should be wind, winding down and focusing on, on, on recovery so I can be present for these people the next day, I will look and I'll start doing work at 9 o'clock at night. Well, I know very well that we've set these constraints, which are if you message me after 8 p.m., I'm going to get to it first thing in the next day, but like I've got to make sure I've got to recharge myself. And listen, people get it in your life, by the way. They get it when you need to have these positive barriers set up, but allowing yourself to have the right barrier set up in your life where you focus on certain things, these positive constraints, allow you to get more work done and recharge more powerfully such that your life moves better. Rather than have all these different things you got to do and all these different energies, if you want to look at, look at them that way, bundled up into a 24-7 timeline where it can just lead to lots of stress and lots of discomfort. So my pick of the week is try setting some positive constraints for yourself. Be objective about what you need and what's reasonable and feasible and try it out and see how it goes because I guarantee you it's going to have a positive impact on your life. Beautiful, man. What yeah. Brand, what about you? What do you got for your pick of the week here, sir? Uh, mine is much simpler and much more business practical. This is great, though. I think I totally agree with you. You got to set those positive constraints. Um, mine is in-app Instagram reel editing. Uh, honestly, I would say that since Instagram and Facebook have really made their reels like a primary mode of content, uh, they've done a really, really great job of making it easy to really, really make fun stories out of the, the content. And it's not a lot of stress. Uh, we did a social media science module for our mentorship call last week. And I made some content in real time and showed how simple it was to create really cool looking content that was non-invasive, both in Canva and in the Instagram app. So I'll tell you is if anyone here feels like you're struggling to get on the social media content creation train, uh, send me a message. I'll tell you exactly what I'm doing. But truthfully, you can record content in a fun way that's not invasive to anybody on the gym floor. Get smiling faces very easily and then do voiceovers kind of like Glenn alluded to earlier to make some really compelling looking content. If you have not played with it and you're like, I don't want to mess up my feed, make a separate Instagram account just for fun and practice posting content just for fun. Just explore and then you can delete it when you're done. Consider it a test ground. But it's really become incredible. I definitely recommend it. I will say one last thing on that note because I think this is probably like maybe like a fifth bonus common mistake and I think it's a huge one as well. This idea that um, we as human beings will find any reason not to do something if it's uncomfortable. And I think that's one of the things that we all come up against when we try new different things is I can't do this thing because X, Y, and Z. And I know social media is a big one for a lot of people because a lot of people in one-to-one -one personal training world are comfortable with the idea of doing social media. It, it makes them feel any number of different ways. I'm not good at it, I feel like I'm gonna fail, or I don't wanna be an influencer, I don't want people to think of me in a certain way. You know, the, the, end, the, end, the end piece here is that even if you feel uncomfortable doing something, and it, but it's something that can help your business, you just kinda gotta be uncomfortable and do it anyways. And that, that is, I think, the number one thing that leads to success in the FPM program is the people in our program who are uncomfortable with something or they're new to it and they're having some kind of uh, abrasion or resistance to it in their body, even if they have their, their, that little part of their body which is kind of like, ah, you don't do this, figure it out, yeah, we can do this another different way, try it anyways, do it, build the skill because those people who take new actions get new, better results. 
people who take the same actions over and over again and just do things a little bit differently don't get nowhere near, anywhere near the results that everyone in the program who are doing all the things we tell them that are different, that are uncomfortable, but they learn how to do and they get comfortable with, those are the people that, ex that excel infinitely more than anyone else in their careers, period. FPM aside. So try new things, get comfortable, be uncomfortable, even if your cognitive brain is telling you that this is not a good idea, because the more comfortable you can be uncomfortable learning new skills, just the better off you're gonna be in life in general. Beautiful, man. Yeah, super important point. Listen, everybody, we're the Fitness Pro Mentors podcast. Oh, sorry, Fitness Pro Mentors Media Group, and this is the Minds on Muscle show. Yeah. Uh, everyone, thanks so much for listening to this, and please comment below what you think. If you're watching, if you're listening to this on Spotify, go to our Facebook group, Fitness Pro Mentors, private Facebook group, but tons of incredible resources in there, and we'd love to see you there. Glenn, thanks so much. That was all great. Yes, thank you. This is a great podcast, and we look forward to seeing you guys in a couple of weeks. See you, everybody. Ciao.